the Sports Coaching Podcast with Sam Holmshaw. Okay, welcome back to the latest episode of the Sports Coaching Podcast with me, Sam Holmshaw. As always, I hope that everyone who is listening today is well. Um, Got a cool guest on today, and I say cool guest because I've actually met this guest in person, which is uh, not always the case. Um, excellent football player. We uh, actually had a, a two versus two at the uh, the old kickabout football centre, I should say. Um, and having watched the clip back, I didn't think I did too bad, but certainly watching uh, my guest today, uh, what a cracking football player, definitely <laughs> did a couple of turns uh, on me to get past me. Uh, but I'm absolutely delighted and I, I really hope I pronounced my guest's surname correctly. I'm uh, so bad for not doing this, but I'm delighted to welcome Millie Chandarana onto the podcast today. Millie, first of all, did I get the surname pronunciation correct? Yeah, Sam, you got it perfect. Thank you. <laughs> not many people do. Yeah, not many well, people do. Uh, as, uh, yeah, as, it was... as my listeners will know, I normally have to get the guests to uh, pronounce it themselves because uh, I usually forget. So I, I did remember this time to, uh, to check before, which is, uh, which is, which is always good. Bit more professional. Um, so, Millie, how how are you? How's uh, how's life? How how are you doing? Yeah, I'm great, Sam. Um, and like you said, it was great to meet you when when we did meet, and it's also great to be on this podcast. I've listened to a few episodes of yours, and it's really good. Really um, grateful that you've had me on. Well, thanks for the uh, thanks for the kind words. Um, yeah, I mean, really, really looking forward to this episode today. So for those of you that don't know Millie, I'll give a, a brief introduction. Millie actually plays for Black, uh, Blackburn Rovers. Uh, hoping you re-signed, aren't you, before I say that? Uh, we don't know as of yet. It's a tricky situation. It's <laughs> it's uh, the off-season, so watch this space. But yes, hopefully again. Hopefully again. Let's see what's up here. Yeah, and as I say, Millie's, Millie's a cracking player. I've been played there. Well, played in two versus two. Um but the main reason I actually asked Millie today is because she does a lot of work with uh, athlete mindset and, and athlete mindset is, is something that I just find absolutely fascinating. So Millie, if you could uh, tell us a bit about your background, I guess probably, you know, makes sense to talk about your playing background, how you started. Uh, but I'd love to know how you got into uh, being an, an athletic mindset coach, if that's the, uh, the correct term to describe what you do um, as, as part of the Mad Men team. So over to you. Yes. So, um, I did play for Blackburn in the last season in the women's championship. Um, like I said, it's off season now, so we'll see what happens. Who knows? Um, but I started playing football when I was around five years old. So a long, long time ago. Um, and I kind of got into my first women's team, my local team when I was eight. And that was Curzon Ashton. I don't know if you've heard of Curzon Ashton. Big, big team back then and big women's team back then as well. Um, one of the best women's teams in the country. So I played for them when I was eight years old, um, up until I was around 10, 11. And that's when I started to progress into the academies. I went through all the different academies, Manchester Academy, Manchester United Academy, Blackburn Rovers Academy, Blackburn Rovers first team. I moved down to uni. I played, I dropped down a little bit, which is quite interesting. I'll mention, I'll come on to that a little bit later. I did drop down a league when I went to uni and I played in the third league of English football. and. After uni, I was there for around four years, played in different countries while I was in uni, uh, played in America, had the opportunity to go and work and play in Dubai as well. And when I left uni, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm playing in the third league, but the only thing I want to do is play football. And that's when I said, look, I need to go and do something. I need to really like 
knuckle down on this and you know I put in so much work and with a little bit of luck as well I then went to after I graduated I then went to play professionally over in Italy in the top league in the Syria and I spent two years there playing professionally um, against teams like Juventus and all sorts and then I came back to England in the championship playing for Blackburn I mean how far women's football's progressed is massive now so coming back into the championship was a real challenge but it was great it's great to play at such a high level and hopefully it continues and in terms of the mindset it's really um I don't know it's really something that I've carried through with me because like I said I dropped down a league some things weren't quite quite right and then suddenly from somewhere I kind of got this kind of desire this drive to go and do what I really wanted I kind of found myself and I kind of knew what I wanted and I went and did it and then I faced some challenges again in Italy with the language barriers socially uh, the team and that and that's where it all kind of stemmed from the mindset thing I thought it's something really it's something that affects us all so much and as an athlete it affects you massively because I maybe I had all the talent when I was younger I had all the talent to go so far with football but I didn't I didn't, I kind of made my own journey. I dropped down a bit then I went back up. If I would have followed the same path as when I was younger, when I was playing in the United Academy, maybe I would have played for England right now, but I didn't. And was that my ability or was that my mindset? I think it was my mindset. So that's what I mean. Like I've had to work on it, but I'm fine with it because that's my journey. That's what, that's what's made me who I am today. So yeah, that's kind of summing up where it's come from really this work into athlete mindset why it's important and yeah I mean that's what it's about mainly isn't it yeah I, I mean as usual doing a lot of nodding for those watching on YouTube um, when I first started playing at 12 we had a coach and he had come through the Rotherham United Academy um, think he'd got to the 21s ended up being released think he went on another semi-professional amateur or high-level amateur career um, and he always used to say to us he said look and Ben and I we were sort of bang average you know grassroots players um, but he always used to say look it's, it's 80% mindset 20% ability you know it, it's the mindset that makes the player not the ability and you know sort of being 12 13 14 I never really understood what he was on about you know you never do when you're that age you don't do you? you're kind of thinking to yourself well you know obviously the ability is surely what gives you an opportunity uh you know which to some case you know is true if you're going to be scouted in that but um you know i'm just fascinated sort of listening to your journey there because that's the thing that's sort of sticking out in my mind 80 percent mindset 20 percent ability you know having now got to a level of coaching with you know athletes you know where young boys that may go on to play semi-professionally some may go on to be professional um these boys have probably got all the talent in the world but what holds them back is the mindset and we see it all the time I actually I did a training session two weeks ago with a couple of players and I said look why, why haven't you progressed why do you think and one of them went mindset we haven't got a good enough mindset and it's so true so uh, yeah absolutely fascinating uh, I mean a couple of things that I'd like to explore there with you Millie so uh, Curzon Ashton yeah I've heard of him sure I had a career with him on Football Manager a couple of years back 
Um, so, so well aware of the of Kersian Ashton in uh, in Manchester, I believe, or the Manchester area, from right. Um, yeah. So yeah, fascinating journey. Uh, I've heard you speak about um, going to Italy before on the Beautiful Mind Game podcast, which, if listeners aren't aware, it's a podcast by yourself and our good friend Hamza from uh, Friday Night Counter Attack. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'd love to firstly get a little bit more um, of how you found that, because um, you know I've been coaching abroad as well. Uh, maybe also coaching abroad in the future and as a coach it is certainly a very interesting experience where you have to get used to a difference in culture uh, how you speak to athletes or players Um, it is you know and I'm not just sort of saying the obvious it is completely different so um, as a player I mean I'd love to hear a little bit more about that experience how you found it and I guess what were your sort of challenges both um, you know mentally but also just finding living over there for two years I think you said was it yeah, yeah, I was there for two years. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, it was hard. In the beginning, it was really hard. I, In the beginning, when I first got the offer, I was here in England and I thought, wow, like, that's incredible. Like, nobody does that, go from the third league to the first league of Italy. Like, it was a complete chance. It was luck. But when I get there, when I got there, sorry, it was difficult. Like the first person I met was Italian and she couldn't speak a word of English and I didn't know how to say anything. That was me being really badly prepared, but, <laughs> but I didn't know how to say anything and I didn't think it would be, it would affect me that much. But then you realise you can't even say things, simple things on the pitch to people. You can't say your opinions when you're in a team's environment and people don't expect you then don't expect you to say your opinions because you can't so us as foreigners we were kind of like outcast when everyone was having a group discussion we were kind of outcast or everything got relayed to us very slowly very very slowly or little bits didn't get relayed to us properly so it was difficult and I mean a lot of countries can speak English now but I was in a place in Italy where barely anyone spoke English. It was a a northern little small town. Our little town was like a hundred people or something. So you can imagine it was very Italian, very cultural. But you know what? I wouldn't have changed it because now I can understand the language. I have a whole new culture. I can literally go to Italy now and probably live there and be completely fine. To speak it is a little bit hard still. I mean, with the accent, with the pronunciation, (laughs) it's difficult. But I mean, to overcome that challenge, that was one of the biggest successes, really. Yeah, the football, of course, like it was great, but also socially, culturally, it was amazing to kind of learn a new culture altogether. Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, if you kind of just throw yourself in the deep end with that, it's one of the best things you could possibly do. I... For, my, for me personally, for my opinion, you have to go and find other cultures. You have to go and immerse yourself in that environment to grow as a person, to kind of understand not only other cultures, but it kind of helps you understand yourself as well and how you fit into different worlds. You come back a different person. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's like I, That's the best advice I could give to someone, really. Yeah, I mean, absolutely fascinating. I mean, the first thing I've, I've sort of jotted down in my notes is, um, you know, about the team talks and how information is relayed to you. 
I remember watching the clip of the must have been the 2018 Champions League final, Real Madrid dressing room. Um, Zidane's giving a sort of passionate team talk, obviously in Spanish. And I just kind of focused on Gareth Bale, who's just kind of sat there. And I don't know, obviously, how much Spanish he knows. He might be able to sort of interpret a lot more. He might not know any. And he's just there. And I'm sort of thinking, and I'm obviously looking at the translation and, you know, there's bits of motivational talk, bits of sort of tactical talk. And I'm thinking, who's relaying that to him? There wasn't like yeah. an assistant sat there sort of, you know, with an iPad or something saying, this is what, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. That absolutely fascinating. So I'm guessing that was sort of similar to your experience, perhaps. How long had Gareth Bale been there? Do you know, oh, at that point? Oh, what was it, 2018? So it had been four years, four or five years. So if you're there for four or five years and you don't really understand what the coach is saying, I mean, <laughs> you're not doing something right, are you? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I mean, in the first, like I said, in the first few months, it was difficult to understand what the coach was saying because he couldn't speak a word of English. Like maybe he spoke one word, but the same word over and over again. Do you know what I mean? But then after a bit, you can't, you understand. If you want to understand, you understand. I mean, you don't need four or five years to understand more or less what someone's saying. So it, like I said, it's how you kind of give yourself to that situation, how you uh, kind of, I don't know, embrace that situation let's say yeah yeah brilliant answer um yeah brilliant Re really really interesting and you know what I'd kind of like to move on to uh, a bit more about yourself is obviously uh, mad mentoring or the mad mentor you'll have to correct me which well, I'm sure I've asked you before um but yeah here's a bit of background there of, of sort of you know the challenges you've been through and sort of leading to you setting up your own business um I would love to hear a lot more about what you do sort of, you know, day to day for your business, sort of the work that you do with athletes, even the work that, you know, you, you do with yourself. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that because even though I'm sort of head coach, head football coach and mindset is certainly something that we have to, you know, as coaches, we're going to get onto the discussion today. We have to be aware of that. We have to kind of understand how to, um, you know, foster a positive mindset. But, you know, I was a swimmer sort of stopped swimming at 13 I'd, I'd swam from 5 to 13 went through loads of challenges didn't really have the support at the time um same as a sort of grassroots football player but really I've not really played competitiveness in a sport since I was 16 so for me mindset as a coach it's very easy to sort of forget about that and I have to be constantly reminded all the time and have conversations with players and next ones and I'm there sort of getting off the point as I normally do as you'll find throughout this podcast so I'd love to hear more about the the mad mentoring um, business, you know, obviously yourself and the work you do with, uh, you know, the athletes that you're working with, Miller. Yeah, so the Mad Mentoring was set up uh, almost a year ago now, and it's Mindset and Development Mentoring. Um, and that was set up as a way of kind of combining athletic performance and mindset as such. Um, so the work I did there, you, there was different like packages. An athlete could have the physical training, which I did day to day. And then they could have the mindset training, um, which I also did a fair bit, but not as much as the physical training, as you can imagine, because to be honest, not many people know what it is and not many people want to invest in it. It's a very difficult area unless you know what it actually does for you, unless you know the benefits it can have for you. You don't really you don't really know what it is. You don't really um, delve into that area really I mean as an as an athlete as well I can imagine what it's like because 
you don't know if that's going to have a benefit on you or not. Whereas the physical side, you can see the benefits. The mental side, you can't. You can feel them, you can, like, but you can't see them. So it was challenging to kind of push that forward. But I am passionate about it, like I said, because I know how much mindset and mindset training can affect your performance. It's the biggest thing. Like you said earlier, it's 80-20, probably even more. Like probably even more, because if you don't have the right mindset, you don't go and do the extra training. You don't go and put 100% into your training. You don't get the best out of your training. Even if you go into training with a good mindset, you get more out of it than going to training with a bad mindset. You're probably training the same. You're probably doing the same drills, but you'll get more out of it if your mindset is better, more switched on, better, more positive. So yeah, it was challenging to kind of build that business. Um, At the minute, I am not a personal trainer, a personal mind coach as such, because we have developed into this beautiful mind game podcast, yeah, but it's kind of like a how to describe it it's kind of like a project we're doing so the mad mentoring is kind of um infusing with the beautiful mind game and we're becoming more of a self-development um project in general and that's just kind of showcasing ordinary people but with extraordinary stories because there's so many of us there's so many of us out there with all these different stories how we've overcome different things and we're all just ordinary people like, yeah, I play football, but right now I'm sat in my room in, in the outskirts of Manchester. Do you know what I mean? So that's what we're trying to, that's what we're trying to push. Like, yeah, you, there's all these David Beckhams of the world, but there are all of us. There's all these Millies, there's all these Sams of the world as well. And that's what people need to hear, really, because if someone's out there struggling with their mindset, struggling with their positivity, whatever it is, and they're listening to someone like them who's been through it, who's kind of done something, about it then and they learn something from that from that conversation from that talk from that little lesson little life lesson then yeah that's brilliant that's our job done that's what we want to do so that's kind of how we're pushing it forward as of now um, and that's where we're going with it so hopefully we'll we'll see what happens but yeah definitely that mindset that self-development is in the forefront of what I do yeah brilliant brilliant to uh, to hear a, a bit more about that and um sort of similar experiences with mindset when the uh, the last sort of uh, open age uh, women's team that uh, I managed um we brought in a mental skills coach now this uh, coach or coaches sorry there was two of them they were only uni students probably doing a bit of a disservice there you know they weren't sort of trained and done loads of qualifications but they sort of explored the areas on the sort of uh, modules at, at university um and the reason I sort of brought that in was because uh, at the time I was very aware that I was a male, there's a lot of male coaches in a you know very large uh, female environment. And I was a bit concerned that we wouldn't be able to relate to you know the players as much as maybe we could if, uh, if I was a female coach. Um, and the reason I mentioned this was because those players had absolutely no idea what the job was, what the purpose was. They didn't understand you know, what was the point of having a, a mental skills coach. I think we had two players kind of really buy into it and they'd have regular conversations, um, you know, little bits of training, but that self-talk, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but the rest of the squad just just didn't understand it. And, and I find that really funny because that's kind of where we are, as you sort of mentioned, you know, at the minute. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, mental health 
probably did exist, but wasn't really spoken about. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, I was in school and, you know, it didn't exist. It was never really spoken about at all, really. But now suddenly it's, it's very conscious and very aware. So maybe in the next 10 years, sort of mental, you know, mindset, skills training and, and that topic area will become a lot more uh, well-known and accepted is maybe the right word. But I think the word we're probably talking about is buying, you know, like you say. But, but really interesting because the last podcast the episode that I did, uh, the guest was talking about how they sort of infuse physical training and mindset training together. And they gets a lot of mindset training through physical. Um, so, so really, really interesting. And I love, you know, what you say there about self-development. Um, I don't think the episode's out yet, but luckily enough, I was able with uh, my good friend Tom at Kickabout to, uh, to be on the Beautiful Mind Game uh, series. And, um, you know, that, that's something I really love and admire about the podcast. It is all about self-development. I've listened to a lot of uh, episodes and it's so fascinating to hear uh, people's stories. I mean, I think you've had a couple of football players on, haven't you? Yeah, and yeah. Listening to them thinking, wow, football player. And you're right, they're just ordinary people with ordinary stories just talking about yeah. what they've done to, you know, develop themselves and promote themselves. And it's absolutely fascinating. So, uh, yeah, for the listeners who've, you know, not come across the podcast, definitely go and, and listen to the pod there. So, uh, yeah, brilliant, really. Thanks so much for the, uh, the introduction there. Really, really fascinating. The Sports Coaching Podcast with Sam Holmshaw. So support for the Sports Coaching Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SCPOD. That's the code SCPOD at manscaped.com. Yeah, so slightly interrupted because the uh, Zoom now only has 40 minutes, apparently. So something that you learn something new every day, don't you, Millie? Uh, but yeah, I was just saying, yeah, I was just saying that we're uh, really looking forward to uh, this episode today. And as you might have guessed, today's episode is all going to be about uh, athlete mindset. So I entitled the topic, How Can Coaches Facilitate the Development of a Positive Athlete Mindset? Um so as sort of just discussing before, mindset, it's an area that I think is sort of more known and the importance of the positive mindset is certainly more known, probably more so at sort of professional and semi-professional level, but certainly at sort of the grassroots amateur, um, probably not so much. So I think for the sort of novice coach who, you know, obviously most people probably have come across the term mindset, but I don't think there's always a clear definition of what that is. So if you could, Millie... I think it would be great to answer the question of what is this word mindset? What's it around? What's the sort of topic area? And what does that entail? If, if that's a question to ask you, Millie, but that'd be great if you could give us uh, some answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, from my perspective, your mindset is kind of how you perceive the world. Recording. Oh, there we go. Your mindset is kind of how you perceive the world um it's how you either perceive it negatively or positively and it's kind of what you do with your mind to function day to day if that makes sense that's how I see it because it's something that can be trained as well it can be trained in either a negatively negative way or a positive way and that's what builds you up to kind of perceive the world in such a way so for an athletic mindset it's kind of how you 
um what's the word kind what's the word you kind of show yourself um and you kind of um I'm struggling for the word but you kind of for example when you're training you kind of um <laughs> show yourself in training as that thing I'm struck maybe you can help me out I'm struggling with the word I've been in Italy too long that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know if we're on the right sort of lines here but I was thinking sort of the best version of yourself isn't it there we go that sort of sort of fits because that's quite a sort of cliche phase but um you know sort of thinking about myself I've recently got sort of back into uh cycling doing a lot of cycling at the minute which probably because I'm going on holiday and I wanted to look in better shape um (laughs) but having sort of been in lockdown for two years and sort of got into that sort of working you know zone of getting up at 9am going to work getting back at six having to watching some telly and going to bed um that was probably quite a not a negative mindset but it's kind of stuck in a sort of rut is, is what I would say um and sort of decided six weeks prior to this holiday of me going to Croatia next week that I wanted to uh you know get in better shape and I wanted to start hammering the bike and what I found over the last four weeks is as I've sort of got fitter and you know been a lot quicker on the bike and uh, now overtaking people on this uh, mile long trail rather than people overtaking me um I've got a much more positive mindset you know I'm getting up and I'm like so excited for the day and I see the sun outside and I want to like attack the day I know Gary Neville says that a lot attack the day um and then I can't wait for the bike ride at seven o'clock whereas sort of four weeks five weeks prior I'd be getting up I'd be like oh you know what, what am I going to do today um oh, I've got this to do I'll get this done and all I'd be thinking is, oh, I'm going to have to go on bike tonight and I'm going to be really slow and, you know, it's going to be really hard and I'm going to feel really tired. Um, and, and this is obviously just a, a novice, you know, biker. <laughs> but um, that's sort of my mindset, how it changes it. And I don't know if I'm sort of, you know, blobbering on, you tell me I'm, I'm bad for sort of going on and on as a, my guest on this podcast. But <laughs> for me, that, that's sort of a positive mindset, how it can just suddenly change where you are and what you're doing. I mean, I don't yeah. know if you have any thoughts uh, on with that, Millie. What? So you you do a bike ride. Is that outdoors or is that on a stationary bike? Outdoors. It's called the Pennine Trail over in there. There we go. About 12 miles there and back. And I've just wow. done three this week, so I feel like a true champion talking to you this morning. Wow. No, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And there we go, like a little bit of fresh air, a little bit of something different. You see different things. Yeah, of course, it's going to make you a little bit more positive. It's going to make you ready for the day. I mean, it's great. And I mean, look at the weather now. It's brilliant. I guess a few weeks ago, it wasn't like this, was it? A weather's a, the weather is a massive thing. You wouldn't think it, but the weather is a massive thing. I know I've mentioned it before, but when I was in Italy, it's sunny every day. Every day, everyone's happy because it's sunny. But <laughs> I mean, we can't change the weather, can we? But we can change our mindset. So definitely even just going for a a ride being outdoors I find helps you massively I might go for a walk later just because I've not been for a walk and it's quite a nice it's quite a nice forest and that just close to where I live so I mean I'm thinking of going for a walk there just to help like my mindset a little bit more just to make me yeah I guess you get chance to think you get chance to really like be with yourself and you get chance to think when you do things like that so definitely it's such a it's a positive way to go about your life because you are doing something for yourself that'll make you better for everyone else around you 
So yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, it's if, good. Oh, sorry, go on. I'm interrupting. I was just going to say, if I had a bike, I would go on a bike ride too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really funny that you mentioned something because I remember when I was coaching in America and uh, I was only working on sort of like a summer camp, which I'd done over here three years prior. Um, and we were just so much more positive to get up and work an eight-hour shift and probably not getting paid a lot of money because you were just sat in the sun and you were getting a suntan. It was just a good 100%. time in a different country. So it's funny, actually, how the, uh, how the sun can change your, uh, your mindset. <laughs> so true there. Um, but, yeah, so I guess sort of what, what we're saying, um, I mean, I work with athletes quite regular now. Um, and sort of mindset training or sort of working on mindset or trying to get a player in a, in a positive mindset is the sort of word I would use. Um, it's something I really tend to focus on a lot more now, particularly more in sort of the uh, match days. So training might be a lot of sort of your technical, tactical practice, psychological, social, that sort of stuff. But I was always a coach who would sort of spend the team talks talking a lot about tactics and thinking that was going to win me the game. And what I quickly realised over the last two or three years was there's a lot more benefit in giving a little time to tactics because players do need to know what they're doing on the pitch and X, Y, and Z, some more than others. But there's also been other times where I've tried to deliver a sort of team talk where we're trying to get them in a really positive mindset. You know, the lads I work with, for example, are always really pressured. They're playing at a really high level. And one thing I noticed was is that who, who, who comes off and feels like they've enjoyed it you're coming off stressed and pressured. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's 15-year-olds, football. You know, yeah. I, know, I know they might go on, you know, and that's great if they do, but there's a good chance some of them won't. There's a good chance all of them won't. And me sort of, you know, as a sort of former swimmer at a very high level as a youngster, I look back at that time and just feel like it was a waste of time because I never enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I, I never had any positive around it. It was always, ah, oh, I've got to go swimming again straight after school. Or I've got to go swimming at the weekend, twice a weekend. So... I guess the sort of question, if I do have a question for you, Millie, that I'm sort of leading on is, why is it important that we need to try and foster a positive mindset in players? And maybe a better question would be, for yourself as a player, how have you find having a you know, good, strong, positive mindset as opposed to maybe not feeling as positive, maybe even feeling a little bit negative? How have you found that's almost aided in, in your performance, if that's the right thing to say, Millie? Yeah, I mean, um, for me personally it's always there's always ups and downs I think now I've put that much work into kind of my mindset and how I want it to be that it's kind of like a straight line but still within that straight line there's always ups and downs so one day you might one day more than others you might think oh well I'm not I don't feel like I'm going to do well in training or you might train and you're thinking well I'm not doing well and then when you finish training, you're thinking about it all the way home. And then the next day, you're kind of like, oh, well, if I wasn't good yesterday, I'm not going to be very good today. And then all of a sudden you change and you're fine and you, and you do well and you just play. And that's where enjoying it comes into it. Like you need to just stop thinking. It's, so, it's easy to say. It's so difficult to do. You need to kind of stop thinking about all those things because every day is different. One day your legs might be a little bit heavier than usual. Therefore, your performance isn't as good. And you need to accept that. Like, that's going to happen throughout a year-long season with how many, however many games you're training every day, that's going to happen. So, I mean, I think acceptance is massive when it comes to mindset. You need to accept where you are in this moment for you to progress further. You need to do everything you can do in this moment. You need to 
not only do everything you can do physically, but you need to also do everything you can do for yourself, which means taking care of yourself. And especially being an athlete, you need to take good care of yourself. You can't go and overtrain. You can't go and undertrain. You've got to kind of be on it 24-7 as a professional. And that is hard. that's hard to do. Like a lot of people don't understand how hard it is to do. Um, but I think when you're good with yourself and you're free with yourself and you can kind of accept where you are, where you want to be in the future, yeah, you know what, you know that, that's your goals. That's why you're doing it. That's what you're doing it for. But then kind of coming back to the moment and just being like, yeah, this is where I am and this is what I need to do. I need to focus on this now. And especially, for example, when I'm during training, when I'm at training and I'm thinking, oh, I'm having a bad session. Sometimes now I can really like take myself into the moment and think like, look, there's just a load of people around me. We're on a pitch in the middle of God knows where, wherever I play. We're on a pitch in the middle of God knows where with a load of people around me and we're just playing a game I've played for. 20 years like <laughs> when you strip it back that much it, you kind of realize like oh there's not that much pressure but when you kind of let it mount on top of you as a professional then yeah definitely like and even under high stressful periods like during the season you'll come under high stressful periods you'll go on a losing streak for however many games you as a person your performance will dip and it will like it's inevitable it will dip at some point in the season and I guess you've just got to understand, like I said, where you are and your awareness of where you're at and where you want to be in the future. And just kind of the understanding of being present in that moment will help you massively because you're going to get out of that dip eventually. You need to work hard at it. You need to take care of yourself. You need to relax. And then, yeah, just it's a process. It's a process of ups and downs, but it's like I said it's hard work you need to just work on it to begin with to understand it like it's easy for me to say but <laughs> to understand it is something else so yeah yeah definitely I mean a, a lot again a lot of nodding I'm doing a lot of uh, resonating with what you're saying um you know I remember as an athlete where if I didn't have a good warm-up or a good first activity and I didn't feel I played well that that was me done I just could not bring myself to performing well. And I struggled with it for years. And I remember sort of early in my coaching as well, if it, if it was a bad start, you know, if, I don't know, young players were messing around or, you know, I'd not set up or, or this drill wasn't going as well as, as I thought it was going to do. That was it. It was a bad session. And, mm-hmm. and I'd go home and I'd think about it. I, I remember like playing at, at 15 for F, F division, local grassroots team in Sheffield, and we'd lose a game 4-0. And this is like, you know, a, a low division football team. Most of these lads are playing for fun at this point. Mm-hmm. I remember going upstairs and in my room and crying for about three hours because I was so mad at myself that I couldn't have helped the team do better, taking it all on my shoulders. And it's definitely something that I, I just sort of find fascinating listening to you about, you know, you do sort of build yourself up over years and years of, of training this thing in our heads of, you know, okay, that's gone get over it now um you know I do it all the time now in coaching where you know it could be a bad start for, for whatever reason um mm-hmm. and it's easy when you're a coach and you've got parents watching you and there's all that external pressure that you can lose it and now it's okay that's gone let's change it and it's took me a good 10 years of working with this to try and get there as a coach so absolutely fascinating what you're saying but I, I want to go back to that point as well of um 
that you can't always be a 10. You can't always be a nine. You can't always do that every single week. Um, I've been so at fault in coaching for uh, wanting players to come to a training session and give me a 10 and work so hard and be at optimum capacity. And if players haven't delivered that, I've straight away been disappointed. You know, we've let our standards down or Mm -hmm. not come with the right mindset or you've come with the wrong attitude is is some things that I would have said in the past. Um, And maybe that's a bit of naivety from not really being actively sort of playing myself anymore. But as particularly in the sort of last year, if not last two years, what I've kind of began to sort of do now is, okay, um, what's the sort of player's mindset? So, you know, players that are going at school, I'm working with 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds, GCSE periods, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. What did they do the year after? You don't know what they've gone through in that day. I, mm-hmm. I remember someone saying that to me a couple of months back and, and that was like, wow, I've never even thought about that. You know, because we all go through a different challenge. It might be an argument with your mum or your dad, your, your partner. You might have an argument with your boss at work, an argument with your teacher at school and, and you turn up and it's not always easy to just let that go. I can yeah. very well because I've you know, probably seen to you sort of train my mind over, over years of, sort of going through difficult periods like that. But yeah. that was really something that really made me think, wow. And then I started to think, okay, so every session I do doesn't always have to be up here. You know, with work mm-hmm. intensity, I love intensity. I absolutely love it. But I started to realize, okay, every, every warm-up I do before a game doesn't have to be intense. It can be quite relaxed and let the players, you know, sort of get into that. And actually what I found, particularly over this season, is when I have sort of been a bit more lenient and dropped the intensity, for example, or um, sort of not had as high expectations on players, they've actually performed better. Mm-hmm. Some players might have started really badly in a session, but then they've actually started to, you know, play good in almost like 20 minutes to warm up, if you like. So um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've got any sort of thoughts just to sort of throw back at me there, Millie or yeah. I mean, it's interesting you say, because I think like going on the professional side again, I'll touch on the development side in a second, but going on the professional side again, I think it's important to have that balance because of course you need to train at your best every single day. Like you need that, but you do need breaks as well. You need to take care of yourself. So as I was saying before, you need to kind of understand where you're at. You need to obviously perform and be a professional when you're a professional player, but you need to take care of yourself when you've got the chance as well so that's the main thing I think definitely there's so much high pressure there's a lot of pressure when you're a high performance athlete um but then again it was interesting because on the development side I think you're spot on because I think that with younger kids they don't know what mindset is they are not going to go home and do all these things and read all these books on mindset. Some might, but I can bet that the majority won't. And I think that's what I needed when I was growing up. I needed someone to say, look, you're a good player, but you're not going to get anywhere without a little bit of hard work because I was, I was that player. I didn't work hard off the pitch. I did when I was on the pitch and I was a good player technically. And at football, like tactically, I was good. But off the pitch and fitness wise and I didn't work I didn't work because you're right I had my GCSEs I had my school I had all these different social things going on and you're, you're growing up so it's difficult I mean it's, it's a really difficult time 
And I guess I was in all these academies and I guess I just needed someone to say, look, you need to kind of do something about it if you want to go on further. I was just pushed and pushed and pushed into kind of the elite pathway and yeah, you're going to play for England, you're going to go for the England camps. And I didn't, I didn't. So it shows you a lot that most of it was, I said in the beginning, most of it was to do with my mindset. And I think it's so important that kids, like in those teenage years, you get the opportunity to enjoy the football as well. Yeah, like you need to develop. You're in an academy, you need to develop. You play against, if you're in one of the top academies, you play against the top teams in England, but it's a place for development. That's why it's called the development stage, right? You need to kind of give them the whole holistic package in preparation to, if they want to push on, to push on, or if they don't want to push on, to go and do whatever they want in life because it's going to transition. It's going to transition into their lives as well, what you offer them. So definitely it's one of the most important stages. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome answer. And just again, so so interesting for me to listen because take care of yourself. I mean, you've only got to look at the sort of top, top professionals. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, um, you know, I remember listening to Phil Neville talk about his routine. I think he delivered a speech to the England women uh, players when he was head coach and talking about how, uh, you know, he sort of goes through a meal so many times a day, he has a sleep, he, he does this in the gym, X, Y, and Z, and that's why he is the best in the world had some obviously skill, some ridiculous skill, but it's that sort of mindset he had looking after himself that's allowing him to still play at the top level at, at 37. Whereas you look at some other talented players that maybe haven't been able to reach that level because they haven't, you know, looked after themselves as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's just absolutely fascinating to hear. Um, and I think you, you, you're dead right. And we're getting a lot better at it, particularly in the sort of development side. You know, the FA is doing a lot of work now. You know, a lot of organisations involved in football are doing a lot of work. Um, but there's still a bit of work to be done, I feel, for coaches to understand, you know, to try and help players, you know, get them through what, what they're doing. You're so right because, um, you know, for example, you kick about under-14s are playing uh, Sheffield United Academy tonight. And, and that's the academy. And, you know, these lads are a development academy, but they're not a academy. And that will be mm-hmm. all on their minds tonight. You know, probably go into that game feeling second best. And the challenge for, you know, the boss, Scott, is going to be how does he get them in a mindset to just relax and enjoy? Mm-hmm. Because you know what? This is an experience to show what I can do because there'll be lots of scouts here tonight. And you know what? If I play okay there might be a chance I'll go, but it's about getting them in a relaxed mind or relaxed state, isn't it? Rather than, oh, this is my only opportunity. I get kids come up to me all the time. I I missed my opportunity because I got released from this academy at 12. Yeah, but you're only 14. Yeah. Look at Jamie Vardy. I know it's took him a while. Look at yourself. You know, it's probably than than you wanted it, but you've got there in the end. And that's through a period of self-reflection, of understanding, you know, and, and that's why I find it so fascinating. So, you know, hearing you talk there about what you maybe could have done differently, but you didn't, you know, and, and yeah. that's okay. I sort of say this to, you know, the players out with all the time. You didn't do it at that time, but you were also only 12. You're not expected to know that at 12, you know, as you weren't expected to know that at sort of 15, 16. So, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely fascinating, Millie. The Sports Coaching Podcast with Sam Holmshaw.
Okay, so it's just time for a quick word from our partners. Uh, Manscaped have delighted to say have uh, decided to sponsor the podcast. And in exchange for uh, some promotion, Manscaped have provided me, the host, with uh, some free gifts and some free goodies. And so right in front of me here, um, I firstly got to tell you about the Lawnmower 4.0. So it's this lovely little trimmer here that you'll be able to see on your screen. Um very, very aesthetically pleasing, as you can tell. Um, we have to be careful because this is a PG podcast. Um, you can probably imagine what this is used for. Uh, gentleman's grooming, particularly down the, uh, the gentleman's region, should I add, is a, a tricky process. Having used this myself, tested this product out, I have to say, um, aside from it, it looks absolutely fantastic on your bathroom shelf, in terms of its actual purpose, um, it, it's absolutely brilliant. Very safe. Uh, it's wasn't messy if i just turn it on here for you you can see that there's there's a flashlight as well uh, obviously that comes in very handy um i've never had such a time effective process of the grooming really nice neat good product very useful and i was very impressed with the uh, manscaped lawnmower 4.0 so you can get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code scpod at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use code scpod unlock your confidence and always use the right tools with manscaped.com let me move on to sort of how we might foster this as a coach and i'd be really fascinated to hear your opinion both as sort of your experience as a player but also sort of as an athlete mindset coach as well um I'm sure there's been periods as a player where you've probably gone through difficulties, be that sort of with your mental health or you, you've not had a, a, a good a mindset or more positive mindset as you would have wanted. And you maybe felt that, and I'm not knocking the coaches here, but you maybe felt that the coach didn't really foster anything for you at the time, which probably was just because of the culture at the time, I would guess. So as a player, what can coaches do to help players with a, a, a you know a better more developed, successful mindset, if that's the right thing to say. Um, what can we do? And it might not be an obvious answer, but as a player, you know, what could you have sort of done with it? Is it a sort of, you know, a bit more support off the pitch? Is it something different in the team? So I'd just be absolutely fascinated to hear your thoughts on that, really. Yeah, you know what? It's a difficult one. It's a really difficult one. And I, I imagine it's so difficult for coaches to kind of, Firstly, understand it, but then implement it into a team of, I don't know, 20, 30 players. It's so difficult day to day to do that. And I mean, like you said, it's not obvious at all, the answer. The most obvious one to me would be like physical workshops, like putting on workshops for the players that have to attend in small groups. It could be a big group, but in small groups, and just talking through different things, like it doesn't even have to be specifically on mindset, on like how to become, how to self-talk better. I mean, it could be, it could be, but it could just be to talk because a lot of, a lot of times those players in the room won't really talk about those things. And I've, I know, especially in England, that people don't talk about certain things when they're in a, in a, in a team or in a group. Like, it's just not common to speak about your mindset or things like that, really. Like, you don't want to go up to your friend and say, oh, I'm feeling a bit negative today. You know, when we're at training, that's not something I'd go and do. 
But I mean, I guess just putting them in a setting where they can actually speak about something and kind of not making it as obvious, like I said, not making it as obvious as we're going to talk about self-talk today because no one will engage in it. No one will. So I don't know. I mean, some, a little workshop about something fun that just gets them talking or just gets them thinking, working together. And I guess it, it ties into team building as well. That'll help a lot because the, the more that a team is closer with each other, more tight-knit, and I know it's difficult in some situations, but the more that happens, the better, the more open people will be with each other, the easier it is to help each other and the easier it is for the coach to then help. I think, but yeah, in general, it's so difficult because it's so difficult to help, like I said, 30 players at once. That's the, that's the best thing I can think of in terms of a team setting. Um, individually, it's easier when you're an individual mindset, personal trainer, mindset coach. It's easier because you've got one person to talk to. And again, those, those conversations might just be a talk. They might just need a talk. They might just need a different point of view. They might just need to hear one thing. You might say all these things to them and you just say something like, oh, but maybe try and go on a bike, try and go for a bike ride. And they might take that and go for a bike ride. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the best thing that they could do. So everyone takes things differently. Everyone's different and everyone takes things differently. And I think that to, like I said, so many times already it's so hard to implement it into 30 different people so I guess just yeah finding something small that helps a little little by little but not kind of shoving it in their face because they won't take it like I know that teams won't take it I know that we've had in a past couple of teams we've had a psychology coach um and something along the lines a few people took it but the majority didn't and like we did a few sessions but it was in a group setting and people were still a bit reluctant to like say their opinion and this that the other even me being one of them like I didn't want to speak out in front of, front of everyone which is strange but I didn't and that's how it is that's that's you know sadly that's where we're at at the minute hopefully we can once that individual understands the benefits that's like that's half the battle done do you know what I mean it's it's about the individual so it's 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 such a brilliant answer because I remember I can't remember if it was a guest lecturer or guest coach but we might have been first or second year at uni Lee was sort of talking about uh, how to support players with uh, depression and mental health and he said one of the earliest mistakes he did was he got him in a room and said, okay, so we're going to talk about depression today. And he just sort of looked at him as if, eh. And yeah. clearly weren't comfortable or didn't really, you know, want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And I always think about that women's team. I really try to force the mental skills coaches on the players because I wanted them to, one, feel they were being used to coaches because they were giving up the time. But... I wanted to sort of support them, but I was always trying to push it to them. And as soon as I sort of stopped doing that and sort of recognised, hang on a minute, that's that's not the right thing to do. Um, some of the players started buying into it a bit more and started speaking to, but it was like very small steps. And it would be like one player having a couple of conversations over you know, so many weeks. And then suddenly she wants to work on self-talk. Mm-hmm. 
work on mental readiness. But it took eight weeks to get there with one yeah. player, as you say. And, and you know, that, that's why I'm sort of nodding a lot because it's just fascinating to get your sort of viewpoint, you know, yourself as a player. Um, but I, I really like that because you're right, there's a lot of stigma, I think. I, I don't know if it's just with, with English or, or British people, uh, but we do struggle to sort of speak about it. Uh, you know, <laughs> like if I'm going through a difficult period, I, I find it hard to go and speak to my parents, not because my yeah. parents are open people, but I almost feel like it's not their problem. I have to sort of sort it myself. And it's it's nonsense. You know, it, it is absolute nonsense. But but we all we do sort of have that stubbornness, don't we? English, British people. I, I'm not speaking for everyone there, but that's certainly what I tend to find a lot when I have these sort of conversations. Um, but I, I really like that sort of, you know, having a sit down, having a talk. Uh, you know, I mean, one of the sort of successful things I did with the first women's team I coached, we just sort of sat down and sort of said, look, um, We've just sort of been in lockdown. I've, I've struggled. You know, I'm sure you guys have sort of struggled as well. Um, if you need to have a chat, just drop me a message. You know, it doesn't have to be a chat about I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. It doesn't have to be I need this. It's just, you know, we'll just have a conversation. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of really helps some of those players because clearly, you know, some of them were kind of at uni living on their own. They didn't have anyone to speak to. And sometimes... Yeah was just that and what I found through doing that was uh, you know I wasn't sort of going through a slideshow about self-talk or mental readiness or feeling more confident but naturally mm-hmm. you had the better mindset in the game because they obviously felt more comfortable and a bit more secure and that wasn't yeah. done it was kind of subconscious almost done by accident if you know what I'm saying so um, yeah, I mean, just just absolutely fascinating, Millie. The Sports Coaching Podcast with Sam Holmshaw. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived and, oh man, it's a game changer. Inside this package, you will find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs and a Travel Bag to hold all your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming, and there I see the greatest ball trimmer ever. I'm blown away by the performance and craftsmanship of this trimmer. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight. You need a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought that was good, but you want to take your grooming game to the next level. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Hair Trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Below the Waist Deodorant and the crop reviver below the waist toner change the way you approach your daily hygiene routine. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0. We have the Manscaped boxers, look at these beauties, and the Manscaped shed travel bag. Very nice, very nice addition. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with code 
SCPod. That's code SCPod. Bit conscious that again I've been hit with a ten-minute timer, so I guess we uh, we, we we better uh, begin to wrap up. Uh, such such a great conversation. Um, so we always sort of finish on the podcast with implications for coaching practice. In other words, what can the coach sort of who's listened to this today? sort of this is new to them they're not really too sure i know we've spoken just before then about sort of some things that they could do but i don't know if you've got any sort of additional advice or additional tips or something you found yourself you know as a player that uh the coach working with i don't know a, a sort of lower level grassroots team or an academy coach or semi-professional coach professional coach you know whatever what sort of things could they potentially do to help support uh, players with mindset and perhaps foster a positive mindset. You know, I keep saying foster a positive mindset. Whether that's the right thing to say, I don't know. That's just something I've written down on the piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Um, to be honest, I think the main thing is kind of realizing that everyone is different. I mentioned that slightly before, but that that is the first thing because you can't fit. Even though they're playing in the same team, you can't fit everyone in that team, in the same box. Like everyone is different. There'll be different characters. There'll be different personalities in the changing rooms. Um, there'll be different leaders on the pitch to opposed to off the pitch. And you've kind of got to understand your individual players, who, you know, who the more quieter ones are. Why are they more quiet? Who are the louder ones? Why are they louder? And I think that is, you've kind of got to understand that, but then, understand them reasons why as well that's the first thing and then you can kind of start to realize or like understand who needs what support or who needs more of some support than others um and I guess that's the best thing you can do because if you really take time to understand your players your athletes individually you'll know what's best for them and how to get the best out of them on the pitch but not only on the pitch on the training field going forwards as well like I said it it intertwines your training time and your playing time intertwines in your daily life as well so if these kids are going to school and they've got exams and they've got all these different things going on but then they're not getting the support they need at training like or if they if they get a little bit of support if they get a little bit more support at training it could really benefit them in those exams in that school life so yeah it goes hand in hand um but that is one of the main bits of advice I can think of that would have really helped me when I was younger growing up if someone just understood me a little bit more and my kind of persona because I kind of gave off I was quiet I was shy when I was younger but I kind of gave off this persona like I didn't really care much when really it was everything. Like, of course I cared. I just needed that little bit of guidance to say, look, this is what you need to do. Like, you're really, really good, but you don't have this. You need to work on it. It was, like I said uh, already, it was my mindset that that stopped me. So if a kid can, if someone can recognize that in a kid and that kid can benefit from it. And even if they don't, that's fine. Maybe they will later in life, but at least like, you've recognized it and give that little bit more to that kid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's, it's brilliant answer because um, saying very quiet, very shy and the teachers that I would presume always sort of felt, Oh, he's, he's all right. Him. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. 
he's clever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I needed support, but I didn't yeah. know how to ask for that support. And maybe if I, you know, if I was in school now, would it be different? I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm not there, obviously. But um, you're right. I think that we have to sort of be open as coaches to sort of just be aware. You know, I, one criticism I teach at school, I don't think they were aware enough of what I was sort of going through, particularly when I was a swimmer. I was under an immense amount of stress and it was always mm-hmm. showering at me for not finishing my own work on time or not revising. And it was like, you but you know, you don't understand that I'm spending an hour getting to the pool, two hours in the pool, coming back and it's nine o'clock and I'm absolutely shattered. Definitely. You know, that was my regret. I should have said that, but I, I just, I just got on with it, you know? Yeah. So I, I absolutely love that answer. And, and I always, uh, I really like that point as well about realise that everyone is different. Um, you know, I always used to think that players love the sort of rousing speech and team talk. But when you've actually coached for eight years, you realise that, some do, some like this, some like this, and some like it's all it's all different, and uh, it, it's right. There's so many different ways you can support different individuals, and, and you, you know, it's, it's so right. People are going through different challenges, different things, and different ways of how they would deal with something, and different support that they need. Um, but I really like that as well. Of even if you just sort of recognise that, you know, you don't have to solve this. It's not mm-hmm. something. There's no direct clear answer, is there? You know, it's not a black and white sort of uh, area, um, you know, but if you can just sort of put yourself out there as a coach and just try a couple of these things, you know, it might be a season, two season, three season, particularly we, we youngsters, but they will get there, you know, mm-hmm. might get there at a later point. So, uh, yeah, just just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant answers, uh, Millie. Again, I'm just conscious that we've got three minutes, 30 seconds, so I, I better wrap oh, up. God. Um, yeah, brilliant really fascinating conversation um, really interesting to sort of get you know your insight obviously as a player uh, and you know as always I learned so much as a coach as well so um, I mean where can the listeners today where can they find you where can they sort of see a bit more about what you're doing with both Mad Mentoring and the Beautiful Mind Game podcast uh, and you know, I always sort of say this uh, you know if anyone wants to get in touch and just hear a little bit more about your journey or you know any ways you might be able to support and what's the best way to sort of contact you Miller? Yeah, so my personal Instagram page, um, where all the football stuff goes, is at Millie Chand. My The Beautiful Mind Game project is a, we discussed it a little bit before, but it's a great project. I mean, it's all about ordinary people with these brilliant stories that anyone can learn from. And you can find us at The Beautiful Mind Game on Instagram. And also The Beautiful Mind Game podcast is on Spotify as well. So we've got around four chapters out at the minute with other people discussing their stories and hopefully we can build that like I said with the mad mentor in the the mindset we can build both of them together to kind of support people and create this platform where people can just share themselves being humans like I said I'm sat in my room right now like all these all these footballers we've spoken to and they're in the kitchen and you know everyone's just a person so yeah, it's a it's a really good platform to kind of just be yourself as, you know, as cliche as that sounds. It's it's true. It's true because that's all we need to be at the end of the day. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to get in touch, give us a follow. It'll be great. And also, Sam, thank you very much for letting me come on this podcast. It was a brilliant conversation. I loved it, honestly. Really good to talk about kind of the nitty gritty of it. Really good conversation. 
Uh, absolute pleasure to uh, to get you on. But I'll tell you what, if we bring you on again, I might have to uh, kill that alarm that <laughs> you've got. Is it a house alarm? It's a house down the house street. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I know. Do they know that Millie is on a podcast, honestly? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, brilliant. Honestly, it's been an uh, absolute joy to have you on today. Um, fantastic to sort of hear your insight as uh, said and I think a really really good listen for uh, anyone who's interested in mindset great to hear a player's mindset you know as always uh, and yeah I have to second that you know beautiful mind game series uh, lucky enough I was on the podcast I'm sure it'll be out soon uh, so you can listen definitely. to it but definitely go and check it on some amazing stories uh, I've been a listener and, and a good fan of it as well so uh, yeah just leaves me to say Millie with ooh, less than a minute to go thanks so much oh, wow. for your time today uh, thanks as well for uh, everyone who's tuned in. Uh, you can you know, find us pretty much everywhere now. Uh, you can find us on YouTube as well if you'd prefer to listen to us talking in person. Me normally doing a lot of this nodding uh, like a bobbly head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks so much to Millie. Thanks so much to everyone. And we will see you all next week.